The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, certified financial planner Greg Cooley today. And instead of certified financial planner Bubba Labus being my co-host today, we have attorney at law John Oliver Windsor with us today. Thanks, John. Thank you for having me. Always good to have you here with us. Sometimes you sit in and do this co-piloting thing from me or with me, and then sometimes you take the whole thing and let me go somewhere. Yeah, and I appreciate it. I can sit in the jump seat or the driver's seat you know, <laughs> right. if need be. And I, th- I thank you for that. Uh, boy, I tell you, we've been challenged in uh, America these days. We've had uh, COVID and we've had flu and we've had natural disasters. Uh, I saw it somewhere in the middle of the ocean we had a volcano explode. Right, Snowmageddon here in the deep south. <laughs> we sure have. Uh, always challenged by something, right? Yeah, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Right? <laughs> yeah, even the kids, right? Yep, that's just true. Yeah, the, the, the kids sometimes can get sick too, and so we uh, we, we play, pray blessings on them. Um, today I want to cover estate planning and wills, and I want to uh, go over this uh, Gallup poll I came across. All right, so uh, you ran for statewide office one time, didn't you? I did. All right. So did you uh, employ somebody to do polling for you? We did. Yeah. All right. How did that work? I mean, it's, you know, they have either the live polls or, mm-hmm. or the sort of automated ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's kind of an interesting dynamic because that was in 07, which we weren't totally all cell phones in. Gotcha. Um, so I think they were probably more accurate 15 years ago than they are today. <laughs> probably. Um but, you know, it's, it's the company comes through, and if you're doing the robo-dial doing where it's press one for this candidate, or they have a live person, which costs more money, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they can get you and ask you, you know, hey, I got a few questions for you, and they do it, and then they, you know, then it's the statistics gurus coming in, and they dump all the data in there, and then they have these cross-tabs where they can show you for this demographic was this and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of neat if you like numbers, yeah. just seeing how they put all that together, yeah. where it's political, public opinion, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they just it's it's a big data dump. They kind of mm-hmm. pull all the data together and then right. can kind of show you what the numbers mean. It's a it's a really big focus group. So uh, when I was doing my MBA work, uh, we had this advanced marketing class, and it was just basically statistics and polls and analysis of numbers and that sort of stuff. Um, and as you said, it's very very interesting when you when you see uh, these actuaries and statisticians get together. And, yeah, and play with the numbers. Oh, that's what they do. You know, it's kind of like one of those <laughs> exactly. things. Yeah, those nerds back there in the corner. Yeah, uh, they they can come up with some information that can make a difference. Absolutely. You know, stuff you talk about, stuff you need to stay away from, certain demographic groups that you're strong in, in those areas, some place you need to work. Um, very very interesting. So uh, Gallup, which is a company that does this, this sure. is one hundred percent their gig. They play with data and they play with number, uh, lots and lots of statisticians on staff. They do various polls and sometimes political 
and sometimes, you know, related to college football, whatever. Well, they did one related to uh, Americans and wills. And they said, uh, do you have a will? And they did their data analysis and, and I, I tried to find a way to get this information from various people. Got a really good response rate. Uh, and I think it's telling. First of all, before we go to break, we got four or five minutes here. I want to cover this. Why do you think people, those who said they had a will, and we'll get to that percentage in a second, but why do you think people said they needed a will? They asked them that further. They'd say, okay, John Oliver, do you and your wife have a will? And you'd say, yes. Then they ask this question. Well, why did you think it was necessary? So when people come to see you and they walk in the door and they say, counselor, I need a will, why do you think they came? Oftentimes, it's some sort of personal experience, mm-hmm. whether it's an extended family or they've seen an in-law or brother-in-law or sister-in-law go through this big, long fight mm-hmm. over somebody passing away, mm-hmm. over remembering aunts and uncles and mom and dad when Papa or Mama died. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, it's a personal experience or, or you know, kind of a, a couple of degrees of separation mm-hmm. where they've seen, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the pitfalls of not having one. Yeah. But it's usually, I feel like it's it's... It's it's not often, um, you know, where they've just kind of independently like, oh, I'm going to go do some research on financial planning, you know, and, yeah. and kind of estate planning and do that. But it, oftentimes, I think, you know, over half the time, it's probably a matter of um, I've seen something happen mm-hmm. with someone, mm-hmm. good or bad, yeah. most times bad. And we're going to get into that because that, uh, that was a significant percentage of the affirmatives, the people who said, yes, I have a will and this is the why I did it. A lot of it was personal experience or history or something had happened mm-hmm. in, in their life. The other thing uh, that was interesting to me is they'd had a child born, which is another thing. True. That true. it happened. Right. You know, and a variable that entered that wasn't here last year. Right. And they start thinking about that, you know, becoming more responsible. Adulting, <laughs> I think it's the term of art they use now. <laughs> it is. I'll tell you what, uh, I, I've gone over this with my children. I have a 22 and a 19-year-old. Okay, and we're have we're deep into the adulting conversation. One of them is a senior in college, getting ready to go on to grad school. The other one is a sophomore in college. This adulting gig, it ain't easy. Yeah, and it ain't getting no easier, kid. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, because right now Dad's covering the rent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of these days, your your brain's gonna hurt every night. Yeah, <laughs> you go to bed in addition to your body hurting. <laughs> uh, but so. <clears throat> Part of this response was, yeah, we want to be better adults. That's why we need a will. Right. We've had a child. Uh, Here's another one. It was one of the reasons that people sought uh, estate planning and counsel and the need for a will. It suddenly come into money. Yeah. Inheritance, yeah. 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 Somebody dies and leaves you money, and, man, you've never had $200,000 before. And, you know, what's going to happen to it? Grandma died it and left it to you, and suddenly, you know, somebody calls you, and you come pick up a check, or you come and sign uh, the the forms to be able to have an account. You've never done this before, right? Huh? That brings a whole lot of factors to bear on somebody's life. Yeah, and again, it's it's a 
something's happened to me. Mm-hmm. It's never, I mean, it seems like every example we've talked about, mm-hmm. the three thus far, mm-hmm. has had some sort of firsthand mm-hmm. uh, experience, and it's not just a, I'm adulting <laughs> and I'm doing this, but it's because we had the kid. Or and we I, had the, you know. And I thought about it independently. Right, right. You know, yeah. I picked up this book the other day at the bookstore, you know, or something. <laughs> but it's, it's you know, it, it, seemed, it keeps going back to that uh, firsthand experience whether in the good or the bad or, mm-hmm. or whatever, but it seems like that, that seems to be the common theme. I think I, I think it is, and we see this in the statistics, and we're going to get deep in the weeds with this Gallup poll talking about Americans and do they have a will or not. When we come back from this break here at the Advisors Roundtable with Certified Financial Planner Greg Cooley and Attorney at Law John Oliver Windsor. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planner Greg Cooley along with Attorney at Law John Oliver Windsor here today at the Advisors Roundtable. Thanks a lot for listening on Super Talk, whether you're doing it on the radio itself or you're doing it online at supertalk.fm uh, backslash Corinth. Thanks a lot for listening wherever you are in the world. And uh, John Oliver, we're talking about wills and why people get them. Now, we've covered some of the outside things that could happen to you. You come into money, you hit the lottery, grandma dies and leaves you money, whatever. A couple of other reasons that people say that they get wills is they've suddenly gone into business. Yep. Hmm? Yep. Yep, that's a big one. You ever been a partner in a business with somebody? No. And I've heard an interesting phrase about that, but I won't (laughs) repeat, but... Um, yeah, it's only one time you need some help. Yep, <laughs> eating something that's not really pleasant. A certain sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean that—that's where you come up because you think about the surviving spouse. Oh. And I always joke with people the times we've been involved with something like that. I'm like, you know, say it's two guys, and be mm-hmm. like, you look, did you, are you being a partner with him or her, Ooh. and vice versa? Ooh, yeah. And I'm like, you know, and she may not want to fool with this business. No. You know, and so you get into kind of like, mm-hmm. well, what happens with my share in the business, mm-hmm. my half of the LLC? Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a good motivator, too. It, it, it's a very good motivator because, as you point out, you go into uh, business with, with our executive producer, Kevin, over there. Right. You go into business with him. You went into business with him. You didn't go into business with his wife. Right. You may like her, but you didn't go into business with her. So if something happens to him while he's out on the road representing your business or while he's on vacation, whatever, something happens to him, uh, you know, uh, half the business may be in his estate. And and if you do, like there was one case I had recently where, say, he was the last of the Mohicans and there were no heirs, Mm. then you get to be partners with the state of Mississippi. (laughs) That gets to inherit his pride. I mean, so it's. You know, I tell people I live in a world of worst case scenarios. You have to, because I, you know, that's what I hire you but, for, man. Yeah, but I mean, that's you know, let me paint the bleakest, craziest, <laughs> extreme example. Yeah, and then you yeah. know, be plant, be prepared for it because people will often. And people, then what's my response to you? Save me from that, John. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Whatever the heck you have to do, save yeah, me from yeah, that. Yeah, and I mean, you know, a lot of people think, and I guess it's a little bit of a misconception that. It was at least my take on it anyway. It's like, oh, we got this LLC, and us two guys or gals are together here, and mm-hmm. you know, I, he'll just get my half when I die, and I'll do that. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's all well and good, but I mean, we'll, some there's got to be some document that directs that to occur. There you go. So, Absolutely. And um, what ha- one of the things I find out is I have the meeting with the two partners, mm-hmm. you know, and we're talking about this, and I try to you know paint this bleak picture and then refer them to somebody like mm-hmm. you. You know, you, you, you want to be saved from this? You guys go see it. 
Well, I tell you what really gets under my skin is when one of the partners is the responsible one. Yeah. And it seems like every time something bad comes out of left field, it happens to the irresponsible right, partner. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And so when we have those situations, it'd be better to have a document that fixes it, right? Sure. So let's walk through that. Let's say that uh, Kevin and I are in, in partners together, and we walk in brand spanking new green. We haven't done anything. And we tell you, hey, we've gone into a street sweeping business or whatever together. And uh, I threw a hundred grand in the pot, and he threw a hundred grand in the pot, and we opened up a bank account. John, what do we need to do? Well, like, figure out what happens when yeah. somebody something happens to somebody. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the the end game is kind of, you know, to keep the business open down the road. Mm-hmm. What are we looking at? And you got to make, um, you've got to make accommodations for mm-hmm. that, um, yeah. and not just. And oftentimes it's just, I mean, handshakes are great and they're great mm-hmm. ways of introducing people and, and sealing deals, mm-hmm. but either right before or after that pen and paper is pretty good too, mm-hmm. you know, and it just mm-hmm. keeps in and until everybody knows what everyone's intentions are. And, and I think it's good to have that meeting where we brainstorm, where Kevin says to me, Hey Greg, what happens if I die to my kids and spouse? Right. You know, uh, my half here, cause I threw a hundred grand in the pot sure. too. And I'm out on the road. You're running the business back at the office and making the phone calls and setting the thing and handling the taxes and dealing with the CPA. But I'm out there turning, you know, I'm the one with the wrenches. Right. And so we're equal in this thing. And he asked that question. Yeah. I mean, you know, at that point, you're getting into beyond the wheel, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. we we talk about key man life and all that, about the way just to automatically buy out your partner. Yeah. But, I mean, you've got to have some stuff together to make that happen. Yeah. Will's a good place to start. Each one of us need a will. But then the LLC or whatever entity we created together needs its own document. Right. That's, uh, you know, an operating agreement or whatever that tells us what happens in this event. And one thing I, th- I think sometimes is misconstrued, misconstrued is, I mean, the operating agreement with LLC is all great, and, and it says if, if Greg dies, Kevin this, and mm-hmm. blah, blah. But once Greg dies, his heirs mm-hmm. step into his shoes. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this interest, this one-half interest just kind of, goes off in thin air and Mm-mm. Kevin runs run you know so you've, you've got a new partner or partners yeah. you know and, mm-hmm. and so you just gotta accommodate for that but that, that's one I didn't think about before the business mm-hmm. is is one it, um, it is and so you know we're talking about this and we're in this office with you and you know we Kevin asked the question if I die what happens with my kids and my spouse well what if we've been in the business five years now we started out day one this business was only worth 200 grand in my right. example he put in a hundred grand. I put in a hundred grand. But over five years, hopefully, we develop something. Sure, you know, we got a list of clients. We got customers. We've got hopefully a little name recognition, some enterprise value. All of that has developed, and he dies. His wife wants me more to give him or give her more than a hundred grand. Right? Huh? Yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta accommodate because <laughs> Kevin helped me build a million dollar right, business. Right. Right. And so we start talking about that, and you brought up something, insurance. Right. One of the ways to cover that is maybe he and I buy a chunk of life insurance on each other. Yeah, I mean, you're basically doing it to allow your surviving partner Mm -hmm. to 
just automatically buy out the heirs of the deceased. Yep. That it's way. It's pretty, you know, say you both got a million dollar policy. It's mm-hmm. a 10 year term. Mm-hmm. If something happens to Greg, mm-hmm. uh, his family gets that million dollars mm-hmm. and he's out. Yeah. And that million dollars buys Kevin's sure. kids and wife out. And that's an inexpensive way mm-hmm. of dealing with it usually. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, at some point you get way down the road, yep. you know, and you're both in your 70s and you, you can't afford insurance, you know, right, I mean, you got it. Right. But at that point, hopefully, you know, there's there's other accommodations. Well, let's talk about that because Bubba and I had that, all right? Uh, when he first came in to my, my practice in 2006, we bought 20 years worth of term. Right. A big chunk of insurance on each other's lives. Well, we're going to be there. Right. Here in, in the next couple of years. And that term's going to go away. What we started to do about five years ago is to start putting some money aside right, to try to make up for that. And then we worked out a buyout agreement so that when the insurance is gone, my wife probably is not going to get this huge mo- chunk of money up front. Mm-hmm. But what she's going to get is whatever we have set aside that will go to her and then paying her off over a 10 year right, period right. out of the income of sure, the business. Sure. So in the beginning when we didn't have a whole lot of income and, and when we really didn't know what we would build, we just bought a chunk of life insurance. Right. But as it started to become apparent what it was working into, then we made some other arrangements. Right. But all that's done through legal documents. Yes. Through wills and uh, agreements. And, and you know, oftentimes, you know, the entrepreneurial you know, oftentimes that's one of the couples, mm-hmm. like one person, maybe it's the wife who's out there hustling and got several businesses or it's the husband. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're going to know, I mean, they, they want, you know, that's the one that's out there doing that kind of business. And if they're gone, mm-hmm. oftentimes the surviving spouse is not the one that's mm-hmm. wanting to dive in, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. so it's not like you've just got a mirror image of that person to right. step in. Business is fine. We're right. moving along. Yep. You've got somebody either through emotional or mourning and, or, or just, Without the know-how. Or the interest. Yeah, or I the mean, interest. That's, that's where Bubba was. I mean, his wife's a, a brain. Right. She, she's a doctor of pharmacy. Right. <laughs> you know, she took a lot of math and right. science. But she looks at me and she's like, Greg, I'm not interested in this business. Right. Now, Bubba built something, and one of these days I'll be interested in being paid off. Right. Because, you know, part of his estate. But I'm not interested in learning how to call on clients and learning anything about the tax code. Right. That's, that's not what I do, and you're not interested in knowing what medicine goes right. with this and what's contraindicated for that. Right. Uh, so people have different interests. They have, they're at different places in their lives uh, when these kinds of catastrophes right. happen. Right, yeah. And so, you know, it gets us back, I guess, a little bit to that. The, the business is the add-on that we've talked mm-hmm. about. Again, it's that personal experience with something, though. It is. You know, it's something's got to happen, whether it's... it's um, they're forward looking on it and mm-hmm. saying, well, "Okay, well, this could be an issue. We need to do a will, mm-hmm. or they've seen something happen." So we've we've gotten past that initial theme, but they're all still touching back to what to me. Yeah, I, yeah. My thumbs are pointed inward now, <laughs> yeah. but but you know, I mean, yeah. I mean it's kind of a self serving, self serving, but that, which is not a bad thing to no. look out for yourself, your family. But but oftentimes it's it's one of these triggers mm-hmm. that gets you there mm-hmm. because it it is about you, what you've built, and your estate, right. And what's related, all these ancillary things that are related to you. Right. Not just your family, but your businesses and your interests and, and your accounts and your assets. 
And we're going to go to break, and when we come back, there are two or three other reasons that people in this Gallup poll said that they sought advice of an attorney to get a will. I want to cover them here from the Advisors Roundtable. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, sir. Five financial planner Greg Cooley here with Attorney at Law. John Oliver Windsor, and we're talking about wills and estate plans and why people said they had them. This is all related to a Gallup poll that recently came out about how many Americans uh, have wills, and we're going to get to those statistics in a minute. But I wanted to cover this list of reasons that people say they got wills. One of them uh, was, who's going to be guardian of my children? Right. Yeah, I mean, you you know, if there's two conversations, if you have, you know, the money and the kids. I mean, that's the two <laughs> main things. Right. Uh, two schools of thought there. I mean, I've got some that they are 100% know who's going to keep their kids, whether it's a sister or brother-in-law or just some close church family member or something like that, mm-hmm. but they don't want them handling the money. <laughs> right. Which is always weird. I mean, to me, is odd. I mean, I yeah. feel like if I trust them. But then, you know, some people have gifts. Right. Some of that is raising and some of it's yeah. you know, helping raise kids and some of it's, and quite you know, actually, some free spirit that's not good with the money. You know what I mean? Think but it, about it practically. The people that you would think kind of trust your children with to discipline them and right. encourage them and make sure they do their homework and protect them and make sure the child cares handle you know the the surrogate parent right the guardian they some of those people have those kinds of gifts right yeah i mean it's certainly some more than and they, they may not be really that interested or gifted on the financial side so are you saying you split it up in that case i mean I've seen people do that. Mm-hmm. To me, mm-hmm. if I trust them with one, I'm going to trust them to, if they, even if they're not good at it, to find somebody like you. Or, right, right. You know, just because I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. I trust them to make a life or death decision at LeBonner, but not if they can get them a car. Right. You know, I mean, hell, <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, you yeah. think yeah. of a, yeah. but, you know, but, I mean, come but on. But some people are that way, and, and it right. can be. So and some you, people don't want the pressure of that, of the financial or the, the leeches that will come along knowing that you're controlling the money, yeah, you know, and, and that's one of the responses I have had from a person who was left in a situation of becoming the physical guardian of a couple of children because the brother-in-law and the sister died in a car wreck. Mm-hmm. So she was named as the guardian. She got all that. And she said that on a day-to-day basis, those kids still know she ain't mama. Right. All right. So there's always in the back of the mind and kind of this implication of she feels like sometimes they play her. Yeah. And she loved having uh, somebody to say, well, Mr. Bubba says that the law won't let that happen. True. You know, you're getting ready to get a car. You ain't getting a Lamborghini. Mr. Bubba said your daddy would have bought you a six-year-old used truck with 100,000 miles on it. Yeah. And that's what you're... And she liked having that crutch. Old F-150, not Lamborghini. I got you. Okay, yeah. (laughs) That's right. But yeah, I say that makes a lot of sense there because then you get some some kids that might be manipulate you a little bit. Yeah. You know, just a little... Or just susceptible to it anyway. Yeah. And and that... So that's one thing that, that these people when they got wills they said it was a major deal to them right because if you die intestate without a will and you have children you spoke a moment ago about the state of mississippi suddenly be, being in charge of some things being in charge is in opening up the wallet and getting the money you know yeah. if you if you got no kids yeah. you know if you've got no heirs yeah um so i mean that which is a a whole different so yeah. so that is another thing if you do have acquired assets through the years and you don't have a sort of blood heir, mm-hmm. you know, th- that's what happens. If the mm-hmm. last one, I mean, it don't matter if you wanted to give to the lighthouse or United Way or whatever, if you didn't get that down on paper, mm-hmm. you know, and of course we, 
certainly trust our brethren in Jackson to, to be <laughs> good stewards of that money. I have no doubt. But yeah. that is not my first choice of the benefactors of... of <laughs> and managing the assets for, you know, whatever. Right. Um, so uh, there's another reason for you to have gotten a will. Yeah. Um, a major reason. Now, one we really didn't talk about, a lot of people are, and it kind of goes back to the first point of you said some outside things might influence you uh, and some bad experiences or whatever, but a lot of people say that they go in and they do this because they've been through this before and they don't want, they just go in there to prevent an argument. Right. And then you've got, um, yeah, I mean, they, they're just like, I had to deal with this when, my mom died or something and me and my siblings mm-hmm. you know we still hadn't gotten over it mm-hmm. because it was real vague and this that you know and just trying mm-hmm. to make it you know i tell people if, you, if you're doing it i mean you ought to do it to take the burden off who you're been who you're hopefully bestowing a gift upon too i mean yeah. that's as much a gift as the financial is just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. not making a position where siblings are going to be fighting mm-hmm. you know make it very clear what mom mm-hmm. or dad wanted because mm-hmm. i mean there is nothing that will Blow, boil blood and, and act as if they're not shared then then some dollars and the fangs come out and all yeah, but yeah. it's i mean when it's very you now people may get their feelings hurt you know mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there's no argument that ain't what papa right. wanted or right. whatever you well, know if he when signed it's, it you're right yeah. if he put it if he put it there right and you know it, it is what it is whether yeah. you liked it or not right but yeah. you can't you know you can't realistically blame well you know, they misinterpreted this or something. You know, mm-hmm. I think it, you make it, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, very clear for that. Well, uh, I'm going to get now to the statistics. We talked about all these reasons that people said they got wills. And those people who are listening out there may say, well, you didn't cover the reason I got one. It, and, and one of them is a major one is, what if you find out you've got a terminal illness? Right. Yeah. Huh? Well, then, then life is happening quicker and it, it forces you to... Mm-hmm. Think about that. You know, mm-hmm. oftentimes we've spoken with clients who we've tried to encourage their, their parents or maybe their retirement age mm-hmm. uh, parents to go ahead and get a will. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't care what it, what you're doing with it, mom or dad, but go ahead and get it. Please. And, you know, some people welcome it and are kind of planners and, mm-hmm. do it, and some people, you know, nobody likes to be discussing mortality. <laughs> you know, and some people just avoid that. Especially when you're talking about mine. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. I mean that, and that. So mm-hmm. that's that. Oftentimes, gives some some people pause because they just. I mean, they won't come out and say it, but mm-hmm. they know, like you know, we're sitting here talking about what's going to happen when I die. Mm-hmm. You know, they are, you know, are maybe approaching that season in life where where people are starting to have something happen to them, and so every one of these situations we've talked about so far, some people recognize them right and try to address them. Other people, their personality is to recognize a problem. And try to what? Avoid it. Yep. Avoidance versus uh, proactivity. You know, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is, uh, you know, one of the great American pastimes Yeah, is, is avoidance, which is indicated in the numbers. Because I want to get to the numbers of this uh, Gallup's latest polling. Um, 46% of American adults say they have one. Wow. A will. Not even half. And I, you know, part of me, I mean, I'm surprised it's that high. I mm. mean, I think, you know, you get outside of, uh, I mean, I would think especially the more rural areas, I don't know. I mean, I think if you're living in a big city, you're probably exposed to more people and mm-hmm. and, and hear about people doing wheels or estate planning mm-hmm. and all this. And, mm-hmm. 
and at a little bit slower paced places, I feel like that doesn't come up as much. But at the end of the day, more than half the people don't, don't think enough about it because it's not, I mean, it is not so cost prohibitive that, oh. you know what I mean? I mean, oh it's so, so, I mean, it, it's not that, that's not an obstacle to it. Mm-hmm. But over half the people are choosing avoidance yes. versus proactivity. And th- some of the people who have avoided, because see, a lot of these answers we have covered so far in the show were answers that came from people who got wills. Why did you get one? Right. All right. So there are answers from people who didn't get wills. And one of them is they think it's too expensive. There you go. All right. Yeah. They just, they think, you know, when they come in to see John Oliver Windsor and they want a, a will, a reciprocal will, husband, wife, and they want a health care directive and a power of attorney, they think that's going to be thousands of dollars. Right. Right. And so that scares them away or keeps them away. Sure. Or is the convenient excuse. Right. All right. The that's o- too expensive. You yeah. Know, just like, you know, many other things, you know, they throw that, somebody might throw that label on. And you've probably done it as a parent, too. You know, like, oh, that's too expensive, yeah. little Johnny. We'll do uh, that later, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of people use that as a convenient uh, reason or excuse for a lot of things. You're exactly right. right. So one of the reasons they, they say is that uh, here's the other one. The second major reason. So the major one is they think it's going to be too expensive. The second major reason is they don't know how to do it. They don't know the answers. They they haven't worked it out in their head. They think they're... Their problem is the only one like this in the whole universe, and it is so complicated. They don't know how they're going to do it, and and a lot of times that's true for some people because they're in a second marriage, and they had children by the first marriage. They came into the marriage, and the, the spouse they married uh, had children, and now they've had kids together, and they think that's is just so complicated. There's no way to handle it, so they don't know the answer before they come see people. And, and what I tell people is, you wake up in the morning, and you got a sickness. You don't know what you have, maybe. Right. So you go to a doctor to find out what it is, and secondly, you find out how to treat it. I'm sure. Same thing is true here. Right. Don't sit there on the sideline because you don't think there is a, a, a solution. Go see somebody and let them, because maybe John Oliver says, you know, I've done that 12 times this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's ways to clear it up or at least yeah. get your hands around it a little bit. But oftentimes that crutch or that, that excuse of, well, that's too complicated. Or I don't want they, them knowing what I'm going to do. Ooh. And, you know, Pillow talk and, and kids talk and all that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, well, you went to see the lawyer today. What y'all? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times with a widower, mm-hmm. you know, man who's been widowed and, and has a has a spouse, mm-hmm. he's got grown kids. I mean, I've seen that one over and over again. Yeah. You know, and it's it's tough. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts there, yep. and and, yep. and trying to figure out. Yeah. And, and you know, it's in. I mean, and they don't want to talk to. I mean, or they just want to tell each one of them what they want to hear. You know, I mean, it's just human nature just pass by and, like, right. let's move on. You know, yeah. what's for dinner kind yeah. of thing yeah. versus kind of dealing with it and getting there. Um, uh, it's almost like some of these people want to come see you in the cloak of darkness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, they don't want anybody to know they're coming. They don't want people to know they want to see the lawyer today. Well, in the event they will is ever contested, it's good for them to come alone. Just be, 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 
don't don't have the one who's getting everything bring you in there to the lawyer's office. That's, that's my word to the wise. That's and, a, and that's a really that's a, a, a legitimate thing in some of the case law in Mississippi, and we've dealt with it kind of on both sides of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't think anything about it. You know, mm-hmm. if your spouse can run you to the grocery store or to, mm-hmm. to Walmart or the doctor's mm-hmm. office, they run you to the lawyer's office. But he got into a mm-hmm. new spouse. You know, who brought them to the, you know, mm-hmm. were they influencing them? Mm-hmm. Were they getting a ride home if they didn't do it right? You know, I mean, uh, yeah. I'm kind of being facetious, but I mean, so, you know, I'll they're like, oh, well, my buddy. daddy wants to make a new wheel. And I said, get your daddy to call down here and make an appointment. And mm-hmm. he needs to be coming down here by himself. And, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. I mean, they, but I mean, people, they don't probably want to address that. I mean, kind of going back to what you were saying. That's right. They're, they're you know, because you've got competing interests at that point. Wow. It's not the old traditional, uh, you know, family, the old, you know. Right. Everything's not perfect. Right. Yep. Well, we're going to continue this discussion here up against this break at the Advisors Roundtable from Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planner Greg Tooley here with Attorney at Law John Oliver Windsor. We're talking about uh, Will's estate planning, basically what's going on in Americana as a response to this Gallup poll about how many adult Americans have a will. Only 46% of us have a will. A couple of other interesting things about that. Then I want to get in a little bit into the weeds about the process, John Oliver, sure. about how it works and who needs to, uh, to witness and how many witnesses, blah, blah, blah. So... Uh, one other thing that's interesting from this this poll is the number really hasn't changed since 1990. For 30 years, it's basically stayed stayed about 44 to 48 percent. Always under a half of American adults have a will. It's always it's been you know just consistent there. You know, I would have thought, given all these reasons we've talked about why people may want to have wills since a pandemic, and, and, since a war. And the resources available, and people think about it. They, can, you think about it, you know, it's going to start showing up your ads on Google. Like, I mean, you know, they got resources now. At least look into it a little bit, which you think yeah, would encourage, yeah, yeah, further movement on it. But I guess I, hadn't been the case. Uh, yeah, and since 1990, you know how much the stock market has gone up. Yeah, how much people's net worth has increased. Right. So it's not like you know, oh, now I'm a millionaire. I guess I need to get a will. Those people still not getting wills. Right. Yeah, the same percentage of people are getting them basically as, as before. Yeah, and, and so it's kind of stayed uh, consistent there, which basically tells me that maybe it's not necessarily related to education. It's not necessarily related to net worth. Maybe it's related to how about half the people deal with issues. Yeah, I mean, the avoidance versus proactivity thing. Yeah. And that may be just the... yeah. So the, if, the, if you're one of those the pe- main that's going to be there, yeah. Uh, if you're one of those people that we're talking to today, and you're you fit one of the fifty four percent who doesn't have a will, and we've tried to give you reasons why people get real wills and why people have avoided it, maybe we've spoken to you today, and you, you think you know I'm going to do that. So let's walk through the process. Well, I mean, you get in, you, you know, you we have kind of like what I tell people is homework if if it. They're getting real convoluted, just like mm-hmm. a packet that you fill out. But ultimately, you're deciding, you know, what what happens when I die. You know, mm. it's I mean, it's mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. mortality again. But it, and sometimes it's simple. Uh, you know, sometimes I want my spouse to have everything, and then take care of the kids and use her judgment going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, or if if she predeceases me, I want the kids to have it. Mm-hmm. If they're kid kids and underage or mm-hmm. under a certain age, you know, you kind of get into well, who do I trust? 
um, mm-hmm. to kind of handle the affairs of it. I mean, my mm-hmm. suggestion is always if there's if there's question as to that, you know, you can you can have people like mm-hmm. Cooley and Labus mm-hmm. or whatever to kind of be the, the the cheerleaders there and have somebody mm-hmm. still having the kids, but mm-hmm. them being a trust trustee or something like not a trustee, but just kind mm-hmm. of having some sort of a, a set financial advisor that's going to help with the money. Mm-hmm. Um, also tell people. You can write what you want about who gets your kids, but that person still has to be Will. past muster and <laughs> willing and worth the crap. Oh, yeah. A lot of people change. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I tell people what you say in a will, mm. a chancery court does. He's still got to take make- it under consideration, right. but that certainly does not. So, I mean, it, it yeah. I mean, it gives me a peace of mind to say, look, if this person, something happens, some life event happens and they go down this road mm-hmm. that they're not coming back from. I mean, your kids aren't getting thrown into this situation. Right. But, you know, ultimately you're kind of thinking about the kids and the money and who's going to deal with it and how you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. At that point, you put your sort of plan together, mm-hmm. then you have to come in and sign it. Um, you have to have witnesses sign it. How many witnesses? Two that- witnesses. If it's a prepared document, okay. not a handwritten will, mm-hmm. um, it's got to have two witnesses. And if you go ahead and notarize them then, so so you got three people now you got to have. In the room. Yeah, well, four counting the signer. Okay. So you got the wheel maker, okay. the two witnesses, okay. and a notary. Okay. Because when you notarize those witnesses, that means if there ever is a, an estate or probate, you don't have to run down those witnesses to say, yeah, little Johnny signed that will. Mm. The notary the notary stamp sort of takes that out of. Um, okay. You see, you right. know, because there are, you know, there's wills out there where people have signed it. But worth the sign, you know. <laughs> There's a signature, but it ain't mine, <laughs> right? Okay, or who witnessed it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you do that, and then you're there, and you know we were talking off off the air there about like does it get filed and all that. I mean, mm-hmm. what we do is we we have you, and it's kind of oxymoronic to say there's two originals mm-hmm. where I put one in a safe and I tell them to put one in their safe just in case, you know, house fire, right? You know, nothing has to be filed until I die. Correct. Right. And there's okay. two school, you know, I've seen uh, there was a certain era where everybody like filed their wills. Mm. And I don't know once people realize you could go down and pull and check and see what everybody's leaving everybody, that kind of, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you know, so yeah. what we normally do is having two originals at mm-hmm. different locations mm-hmm. so that, you know, if, if, if their house burned down or my office burned down, there's still one floating out there. Mm-hmm. And until you actually open the probate, that's when you have to kind of submit the will mm-hmm. to the court. The original. And that's at mm-hmm. what such point it becomes public record. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a way to avoid all this? There is. You can do just about, and I always tell people it costs me money on the back end probably, but, I mean, it's simpler from, okay, all your life insurance. Don't make it out to your estate. Make it out to who you want it to go to. An individual. Right. Okay. Or share or partial, you know, percentage. Right. Yep. Yep. Primary contingent or two mm-hmm. primaries at fifty percent each. Whatever. Same mm-hmm. with your investment stuff. Mm-hmm. Same with your real estate. You can do life estates and things of that nature, or joint tenants with rights of survivorship. Pay on of death. Money. All that. Pay stuff. on death. Pay on debt. You know, at every bank account, you can make it POD. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that you know, there are ways around having to. And I've had that consultation before mm-hmm. when I said, look. There's other ways to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can, we can. I mean, I can get you a Cadillac will and trust and all that, and waste, you know, probably some of your money and my time on something that you can do in a simpler form. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's ways to handle a lot of these things. I always say the cars is all, are always screwy. You know, car really? titles are just because it's like you can't do like a pay on death oh, type no, thing no, on a car title. And, and I think you know you can do an or title. You know, or you're mm-hmm. used to. I don't know. If, mm-hmm. I think you still can. And we mm-hmm. send them up there and say, take it up there, and y'all do an or so that. Just one of you has to sign. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you can plan around a lot of this mm-hmm. so that you don't have to work, work get into probate mm-hmm. because I mean worst case scenario stuff here again right you know you're, you're driving a truck or mm-hmm. something or maybe you're driving a vehicle that insurance is not going to pay for you falling asleep or you'd work late or something and you, and you have mm-hmm. some sort of tragic accident okay and there's a wrongful death mm-hmm. lawsuit and they're suing your estate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well you know if all that money you know that you worked for as far as mm-hmm. saving and if it, the beneficiary is your estate mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. your kids or your wife and kids or your husband and kids right that money's been out there and susceptible to being uh, attached because it's in an estate right right but if you named it to somebody then it's 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 it, it escapes the estate mm-hmm. and any claims against it mm-hmm. um you know, another thing, and I mean, you know, the med and places like that wouldn't like this, but I mean, you know, lots of people, you know, somebody gets in a window where they were uninsured and end up some tragic deal, and they come out all right, mm-hmm. but they've got a half million dollar bill at the med, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then later succumb to the injuries. Well, then the meds down here in Chantry Court filing a claim against your estate that you've worked hard for, and you've got $150,000 to leave for your wife and kids, and you've got 500000 medical bills. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Yeah. yeah. Mama's dad, mom or daddy's going back to work because that mm-hmm. money is going to evaporate. Right. So there's there's ways around it. Like I said, I mean, I think it's, you know, our goal is to get from 48 to 52. You know, yeah. it's incremental. Yeah. And I don't know, yeah. you know, like I said, I think you just got to have the people that are going to be avoidance. You yeah. Know. You want more. I want more. It's one of the reasons we do this show. I want more people doing it right. Right. You know, I want more people to, 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 to have wealth to leave. I want more people to be able to help their charity and their church. I want more people to be able to send their kids and grandkids to college. I want more people to feel comfortable. I also want more people to know that their wishes are going to be followed through on. And one thing I looked up to, uh, you know, the average car payment in America today is $500 a month. Is it really? I just yeah. brand new five seventy uses four thirty. Okay, provide a car payment a month, you can deal with all this. <laughs> so the expense yeah. side, you know, I was just looking yeah. like you know, because I've yeah. been I've had people all the time driving up, and so I'm it's like, not going to cost thousands of dollars. Right, right. Yeah, we can get it. I mean, you it. can you can make it as complicated oh, and get yeah, there, but to do kind of the basics, yeah, yeah. AB trust and all that stuff. I mean, you know, you can, you can you can do, do right. what most people need done. Right. For, for I mean, it sounds like I'm. This is the ad, you know. For, for less than a car payment, but, <laughs> but I mean, that's kind. Of, so you know, the expense shouldn't be an issue if John it's keeping Oliver you on the fence. Do your will. That's right, you know. But if it's if the expense is keeping you out of there, don't don't let that be your crutch. Well, thank you, brother. Thank you for being with us. It's always fun to do the advisors roundtable with John Oliver Windsor here on Super Talk Radio. The discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting 
the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.